This is Monday, January 4th, 2021, and this is the Larry in Fishers podcast. I'm Larry Landon, and uh, today I'm with Sarah Parks Reese, newly elected Hamilton Southeastern School Board member. And Sarah, I'm sure I will not measure up to the interviewer that Izzy Alexander was when you had the podcast during the campaign, but it's very good to have you with me today. Yeah, Izzy was great. Yeah, those two uh, young people uh, stepped forward when I couldn't do that uh, with 11 candidates and uh, a new grandson. I just uh, couldn't find uh, the time or ability to do that. So when they stepped forward, it was always, I think it helped the whole community to hear from all the candidates. But um, let me just start off with uh, the campaign, if you don't mind, because uh, I know, having covered a number of local campaigns over the years, that campaigns are never easy whether you win or lose. Of course, you're on the winning side. That's always a better place to be. Uh, But talk a little bit, if you can, uh, describe what it was like for you and your family uh, as you ran your campaign for uh, the at-large seat for Wayne Township on the Hamilton Southeastern School Board. It was definitely a lot more um, work than I had anticipated, just in the fact that there were there were questions coming from every direction. Um, So there was uh, the social media, um, uh, Facebook, there was a school board election site there. Um, Questions were coming rapid fire there, like three, four, five a day. Um, There was Current and Fishers. There was um, the podcast with Izzy. There was the Teachers Association um, forum. There was was just a lot of questions, and I hadn't expected... um, that, that it was going to, you know, draw that much attention. So I think that was certainly unexpected. Um, it was it was definitely a lot of work. And so it was, I'm very humbled and excited that um, our community uh, chose me to represent them. So I'm looking forward to it. That's great. And uh, did you learn anything yourself through the process of campaigning and talking to people, especially with social media. There are a lot of people contacting you, I'm sure, more even than before we had the era of social media. So did did you learn anything from the people with whom you spoke uh, during the campaign? I learned a lot. There was um, a lot of different um, perspectives out there. So it was was interesting to, to learn things that I, I hadn't really considered before. Um, you know, the thing that comes to mind is, uh, the HIJH, that it was really built as, you know, the, the junior high, but is serving as an intermediate junior high. Um, so really both serving both in half the capacity that the others are. And so I think it's, it's proved to uh, have some difficulties in, in that way that maybe are, are making the staff and students there not feel the same as they do at the other intermediate junior highs, uh, where they're just they're they're not able to maybe have as many clubs or that sort of thing because they just don't have the level of participation. Yeah, the, 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 that discussion about the hidge has been going on for years. It's a what you call H I J H is affectionately called the hidge quite often by people <laughs> involved uh, with H S C schools. So that's very interesting. Well, let me just kind of bring you to uh, what you'll be dealing with. You know, it's really interesting. You'll on January thirteenth will be the first board meeting for the new members. Get a chance to be sworn in, get your picture taken, smile, and delve right into one of the toughest issues the school board will be dealing with, and that's what to do about COVID and how to handle that. The school system uh, went to virtual classes 
uh, just a few weeks ago. That authority from the school board ends uh, just two days after that meeting on January 15th. So the board will be making a very big decision, at least one very big decision, uh, at that January 13th meeting. And that's where to go from here, from this all virtual uh, uh, process that's been in place for a while due to a lack of, of uh Really, just the, it gives it boils down to a lack of substitute teachers. So I'm curious, uh, you're, you've, I'm sure have followed this and, and have read up on it and talked to people. Uh, as you uh, look at the recommendation or recommendations that will be coming from school administration at that January 13th meeting, how do you plan to approach that issue? I mean, certainly we'll be looking very carefully at the recommendations from administration. Um, that's you know, going to be the the primary, you know, way that we base our decisions. Um, but I think it's important to look at um, data and research. So through a lot of my campaign, I, I promised that I was I was going to rely on data and uh, research in the decisions that I make. So so I'm hoping that we'll have some some up to date data to um, look at as well. Yeah, I mean it's. Um data is part of it but uh, you know i think you already know this you've run a campaign you've heard from people you know the divisions within the community on where the school board should go with that how much does that factor into your decision making i mean there's certainly community voice and we want them to be heard um but ultimately we're not making the decision for their children my child you know an individual family we're, we're making the decision for you know, 20,000 students. And so looking at what's best for the community at large and not necessarily what um, one particular family uh, wants for their family, it's a hard time. And, and I think uh, you have to provide a lot of grace uh, to to everybody in this sort of situation. It's, uh, I don't know about you, but it, it's my first pandemic. So I think everybody's learning how to navigate the course. Well, I'm not a young man, but I wasn't around in 1918, so <laughs> <laughs> 70, whatever. Uh, that, that, it was in that uh, era that that happened. And what was interesting, right. well, there's a whole history there because there was a world war going on and there was censorship and people, it was never publicized, although people generally knew there was a pandemic going on. We certainly know it now. And uh, it's, it's challenging everyone, schools, families, and just, you know, so many parts of our our entire all of our worlds but being the schools are really i think i just was watching i, I get the bbc with my cable package and i was watching that uh, they're having a huge debate about how they're going to be handling their schools virtually in person or a combination of both so this is a worldwide problem it's not just ours Absolutely. here uh, yep. hey hate to go from one tough issue to another but we're going to have to do that and uh, the next one is the budget now, the Indiana legislature, uh, at the day we are recording this, which is January the 4th, it's the first official day of their session. This is a the, what they call the long session every other year that deals with the, the uh, state budget, which uh, is a two-year budget beginning on July 1st uh, of two, uh, 2021. Uh, now, as you are well aware, the, the state has a lot to say about how much money is available to school boards. Uh, with their budget, uh, and also you are, I'm sure, quite aware that uh, the reduction in enrollment, which a lot of school systems have seen, and HSE has certainly seen that too, has resulted in a budget-cutting committee to be formed internally. They've already started to meet. They're going to be updating the board. will come 
with a, I say a recommendation, I'm sure it'll be a list of several recommendations on how to, how to pare back spending. So I'm just curious, uh, from what you've read and people you've spoken with since you've been uh, elected uh, to the school board and you're the school board member-elect during this period, explain to me, you know, what's your outlook on the budget? How do you approach this as a new member? Uh, well, we're still learning a lot about the budget. Um, all the new school board elect um, members have a meeting with Cecily Nunn later this week um, to, to learn more about it. Um, but, you know, one thing we do know is, is like you mentioned, it is um, largely in the hands of the legislators. So I would encourage the community to, to contact their legislators and, and let them know um, how important the uh, schools are to them and to the budget. Uh, I know the committee is is looking at a lot of different things. I think they've they've talked about a few ideas they've had um, at the last board meeting. So I think you know every little bit helps. They they looked at you know cutting and changing that workman's comp um, policy, and that saved a little money. Um, you know we know that a lot of the uh, enrollment were kindergartners, a lot of uh, kindergartners that just haven't um, shown up this year, uh, whether parents are uh, just keeping them home a year or have enrolled them in virtual school. And and I suspect they're going to be back um, next year uh, as things hopefully are, are moving a little bit back towards normal with the vaccine and everything. So I anticipate that some of our enrollment will be back. And, you know, the accounts that we're putting in this February um, are really just estimates, right? So that's going to be what our, uh, you know, in the payments from the state look like. But there is going to be a count following in September, like there usually is. Um, they're just getting a lot more attention than they usually do. And so that September count will hopefully help them kind of balance out whatever low enrollment we've had this, this year. And it uh, doesn't hurt, to, you talk about talking to your legislators, doesn't hurt to have the Speaker of the House represent Fishers. Uh, Todd Houston will have a lot to say about that budget. So I'm, I'm sure, as a former member, by the way, of the Hamilton Southeastern School Board, so he, he has some background in that and always letting him know how you feel, I'm sure, would uh, all the state legislators do read their mail, email and regular mail. So that's, that's good to, to know. Uh, one other thing dealing with budgets, if I may, um, that has to do with um, the uh, referendum. That referendum has only last seven, I think now eight years. It was seven years for quite a while. And when it's an operating referendum, as, 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 un, as, as uh, HSE has right now, you, uh, you need to renew that. And you can either ask for the same tax rate you asked before you keep things the same. You can ask for less or you can ask for more. Uh, that's not an immediate issue, but it's going to be an issue during your term on the school board. And by the way, you, I, I have to tell you, I don't envy you at all because as a reporter, I've been cleared out uh, the law changes and it's completely, and there's been a very big change in how that's done. And I'm sure Cecily Nunn will give you a very good uh, run through on that. But I guess the question I would ask uh, in relating to budgets, uh, are you already thinking about how that referendum needs to be handled at this point or uh, is it too early in the process uh, for you to really get your arms around that? I think it's a little bit early, um, but I just I, I do know that our budget is not likely um, going to make it without renewing that referendum. So I think that at minimum, at minimum, it has to be renewed, 
Um, what that looks like, I think, remains to be seen. Okay, fair enough. I want to talk about uh, Deer Creek Elementary School. It is in Wayne Township. Uh, the construction is set to begin fairly soon. It is replacing uh, Durban Elementary, will replace Durban Elementary. Uh, Durban, uh, I think the school board originally wanted to expand that building, but the lack of, of water and sewer services uh, prevented that from happening. Um, the demographics of the entire school district is, is changing in terms of where students are located, where school buildings are, are located. You talked about the Hidge. Then you've got Southeastern Elementary, which filled up in the early grades very quickly, uh, much more quickly than people had uh, predicted. So with Deer Creek uh, Elementary under construction, uh, what, are your, uh, what have you seen and what are, you, what, are your, uh, what are your feelings about how the demographics are working? Because the demographer's last report to the board was that overall the school system was going to have a leveling out of, of the school population in general, but some uh, grade levels could have some bulges, and uh, the school buildings may not be where they need to be, more in the west than the east, and the growth is in the east. So there's a lot of complexity around this. So with Deer Creek Elementary about to, to begin construction as part of the solution to that, how do you look forward on this this whole issue of of where the students are, where the buildings are, and and and, and uh, how do you handle something that HSE hasn't handled for a while, which is a leveling off of the general student population? Well, and and to that, I I almost think I'll believe it when I see it. Right? They've been saying that it's going to level off for a while, and and it really hasn't. It's continued to grow. Uh, so I'll be interested to see if if it does level off. First of all. Um, but I think, as you mentioned, yeah, at least 100 extra kids showed up at Southeastern Elementary when we opened it. And so we would anticipate similar things uh, when Deer Creek Elementary opens, that it's, it's, a, it's a shiny new school and, and people want to come check it out. Um, personally, I'm excited because here in, in Wayne Township, sometimes, um, you know, I think we feel a little left out and behind um, because we are Noblesville. So Deer Pass um, is the entire uh, neighborhood is Noblesville address. Now we feed into several different elementary schools, and I think that'll be interesting um, as we consider the opportunity for redistricting when that um, new elementary opens, that it will literally be down the street from us. Um, and you know that people could actually even walk their students there, which is which is not something that our township and our neighborhood has has ever had in the, in the possibilities. Yeah, it's so I think I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I I, I just really think that it's interesting, and I, I mentioned this a couple of times before that uh, Wayne Township has always been a very interesting place, more rural, and it's still largely unincorporated. But as you mentioned, the city of Noblesville is beginning to expand into Wayne Township. So even though there is a Noblesville school district, you could live in the city of Noblesville as the future moves on and yet go to HSC schools, which I think is very confusing to everyone, but certainly is, is, is a reality as we move forward, particularly in Wayne Township. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I would say it's really not new. I've lived here for 15 years with a Noblesville address going to HSC schools. So to me, it was really 
it was surprising, but the, it's the reason we chose the neighborhood. The reason we moved here and, and chose to build our home was that we wanted to be in HSE schools. And so the fact that it was in Nobleville didn't really um, make a difference to us. Okay, let's because uh, people think of HSE as the Fishers, uh, as a as a Fisher school district, which it does take in the entire city of Fishers and outlying areas and and Wayne Township. So it's it's much more complicated, I think, than most people think, and I and that's that's what makes life interesting, I guess. Uh, I want to move on to some another big issue and a big decision that the board will be making in the near future. Uh, the superintendent, Dr. Alan Borf, has announced his plans to retire at the end of June to uh, continue on until the end of the school year and wrap that up. A search is underway for his successor. So with that, uh, with that in mind, I mean, you, uh, the board will be making that decision. In fact, the law of, of Indiana says uh, one of the, a couple of the main uh, responsibilities of a local school board is to evaluate the current superintendent and to uh, hire a new one when, one is, when there's a vacancy. So what type or just what qualities would you like to see in a new superintendent? So I'm not sure if you've seen yet or not, but they updated the um, superintendent search um, webpage on the Hamilton Southeastern District's website um, just uh, right after uh, winter break started. So I think it was around the 21st or so. Um, but it, it incorporated all of the community meetings and all of the board meetings. And luckily, the three new um, school board member elects were included in those uh, meetings in December to, to talk about uh, what kind of qualities and qualifications and characteristics that as a board we were looking for and as a community. And so I think the consulting firm that we're working with did a really good job of compiling everything that, um, that we said and the community said, and that's posted on um, the website. But the number one thing on there was a visionary leader and strategic thinker, right? So we, we really need um, somebody who can look to the future and, and make a plan and, and keep moving. Now, we all know things will come up that are unexpected, like um, COVID-19 last year. Uh, so there'll be, uh, we want to have that someone that's able to problem solve and, and think on their feet like that. But I really like the, the list that's posted. And I would encourage everybody to go check it out. Um, it does uh, have a large emphasis on equity as well, because that's a really important thing that our district has been facing. And then, of course, uh, having somebody that uh, has experience with a referendum, um, preferably, or, or knows how that process works is going to be really important. Yeah, those are, I think, the diversity and uh, the, the running a referendum are two of the most important issues. There are many others, and, and you mentioned some of those. But the reason I ask you that question is it's good that the search committee and, and others are, and not search committee, but the search firm, I should say more specifically, is getting input from people. But as you well know, the ultimate decision on hiring that superintendent is with the board itself. So what I'm hearing you say is that you're very much in agreement with the qualities that are uh, that have been uh, collected so far by the search firm and publicized. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, good, good. One other issue that's going to be coming up, and it won't be in this school year, it'll be the coming school year beginning in uh, August of 21. There'll be new start times for schools. Um, as you probably know by now, and people listening likely know, the higher grades are going to be reporting later in the morning, 
and the lower grades are going to be reporting earlier. That's in general. There's a lot of detail to that, and that's been publicized, and I've written about that several times. Now, of course, that decision was made before you entered the board, so you'll be entering into this uh, after that's already in motion to begin. But once that uh, starts in August of 21, you start getting in feedback and data. Uh, I'm just curious how you'll be judging whether that was a success or not a success, or uh, how do you plan on approaching how that big change is, is working? I think you certainly will have to look at data, um, but again, not knowing exactly <laughs> the test situation and not even sure if that we really want to base a lot of information on testing. Um, but, you know, presumably things will be back to normal and, and we'll be uh, administering the, the state required assessments again um, starting probably this spring, but maybe not. Who knows what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Um I think that, again, looking at data is going to be really key to seeing, does it work for our community? Mm-hmm. Uh, parent voice is important, and I, I would certainly take that into account. But I think, again, you have to look at the research and the data. Is that what's best for children? Uh, do do I completely think it's a great idea? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm interested in, in seeing what the, the data is going to tell us. That's interesting because uh, if you look at the data, the national data, it sort of indicates that this is a good idea. Of course, every local community will have a different, you know, outcome. So I guess how it does or doesn't work here will be important. So, um, but you'll be watching this carefully as the other board members will. You mentioned the uh, diversity a moment ago, and as you well know, the school board enacted a non-discrimination policy. Uh, with much publicity. There were two separate votes on that. So the big question, I think, for any new member coming on the board is looking at that non-discrimination policy as it is written now, should it remain as is or would you be seeking a second look or any possible changes in that policy? So um, to be completely honest, that uh, whole uh, issue is is how I became interested in running for school board. I um, was very interested in um, how that uh, vote turned out and um, certainly is what uh, one of the driving factors for why I chose to run. So I would say that at the time being, uh, I'm comfortable with the language uh, that was approved, but that doesn't mean that I would stay comfortable. I think it's important to always uh, go back and and review things and, you know, talk with the community, talk with these individuals that are marginalized and find, do they feel heard in that language? Um, Because I I don't fit into a lot of those categories, so I need to talk to people that do and, and see if they feel heard. Do you have any feel at all? just from your involvement, which you said that that's a reason you, one of the big reasons you ran for school board. Um, how, what's your feel about how the non-discrimination policy is, is working at a, like where the rubber meets the road uh, in a practical sense? Do you have any feel for that up to now? You know, all, all the feel I have is, is kind of hearsay. And so I would like to kind of get in and, and see how it's working. I would like to um, 
make sure Dr. Rivera's position is, is filled soon so that um, that position can continue some of that work. I want to ask you something else because um, when it, you know this is why I really loved having students do the uh, podcast interviews while I was away. Uh, Izzy asked every single candidate, including yourself, about the student voice. How much will the student voice be heard by the members of the board? Because obviously students uh, cannot vote, with very few exceptions. Uh, students are <clears throat> excuse me, not able to vote for the school board or really any other elected office. So I, I, I remember your response there. Have you had a chance to think about that any, any more and and just uh, how you plan to listen to the student voice, how much that will impact you compared to all the other people who obviously you'll be listening to as you make decisions uh, on the school board. I think student voice is important. I think it's at home. I think parents really need to also encourage their children to use their voice because they have a voice um, and, and it takes sometimes some encouragement. So I was just reminded um, the other day how uh, when my daughter was at Durban, she came home really upset one day because they had um, outdoor recess, but they couldn't get on half the equipment because it was muddy. And so she was really fired up about it as a third grader. And uh, I encouraged her to, to reach out to the principal and ask if she could understand, you know, the reasons for, for that decision. And so she did. She emailed the principal, and the principal um, acknowledged her voice and brought her into the principal's office. First time she was there, hooray, hooray. Um, so that was um, an experience. And then they talked about uh, how that they were the only class that even got to go outside that day, that everybody else had to have indoor recess. And and so there was, uh, there was really a good learning time there where she could understand that her voice mattered, but then also understand, you know, kind of the reasons why that decision was made and and keep that in mind for the future. So, so definitely I think um, encouraging students, no matter their age, to use their voice and to, to reach out to administration or to talk to their teachers or their counselors, uh, you know, and reach out to the school board members. And, and use their voice. I think we saw a lot of that during the non-discrimination um, policy discussion as well. We saw a lot of students using their voice. So I think um, student voice is incredibly important. Yeah, when I was in school, I, I, got, I got called to the principal's office for other reasons. <laughs> Glad your <laughs> daughter had a good reason to go to the principal's office. Okay, we're, we're getting close to the end here, so I always want to you know, do the best I can when I'm talking to an elected official particularly. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add? Obviously, I asked several questions, but uh, anything you would like to say in the last uh, two or three minutes we have here? Just that I'm, I'm very humbled and honored that, that I was selected, and I'm excited to begin this work. And don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm, I'm happy to hear what you have to say. Yeah, and it, I don't think it's on there yet, but uh, once you're sworn in, uh, you'll... Uh, there's a board, uh, a school board of trustees, part of the HSC schools website, and all of the school board members' email addresses are there. I'm not sure it's yours is there quite yet, but it will be there soon. And uh, so people will be able to get in touch with you, and it shouldn't be difficult to do that. So uh, I want to thank you, uh, Sarah Parks Reese, uh, one of the newly elected school board members. 
You'll be uh, there'll be three new members who will be sworn in at the J- January thirteenth uh, school board meeting. Have you been told whether it's going to be all virtual or will you actually be there in person? Um, last we knew that we would be there in person. Okay, very good. That's it's nice to be sworn in in person rather than uh, through a television hookup. So <laughs> glad to hear that. <laughs> Well, Sarah Parks, Reese, thank you very much uh, for taking the time to be with me. I uh, wish you well in your uh, stint on the school board, and uh, and uh, have a happy new year to you and your family. Thank you, and happy new year to you as well.